Thank you for choosing Macabre today. Please remain seated and strap in during the duration of this episode. It's going to be a bumpy ride, and we hope you enjoy your time with us. And remember, listener discretion is advised. Our first international. Yeah. Did you remember? Freaky friend. His name is Dave. Shout out to Dave. Dave Baxter. Dave Baxter, thank you for being a freaky friend, you beautiful <laughs> bastard. Thank you. <laughs> this like made my fucking month. Uh, Our first international Patreon meet. I was going to message you, but I was like, I just want to tell her when we're recording. That'll be better. Heck yeah. Oh my gosh. I, I am so happy about that. I, <laughs> I'm so fucking excited about this. Thank you, Dave. <laughs> Here we are. Hopefully I'm not in rough shape with my voice. I might have started my day with two donuts. I cannot be left to my own devices. I'm paying for it now. Oh, I'm sorry. No, it's okay. I mean, they're not, they weren't like small donuts. They were like (laughs) giant donuts. Um, So it's just the sugar has kicked in now. So, you know, be warned listeners. Oh, heck yeah. I know. And I'm having my first coffee of the day and I... I feel like a piece of gristle because <laughs> I don't even know what that oh, yeah. means. <laughs> like you know when you're like you get back from a trip and you've been driving and there's been a lot of excitement then you're just like that's kind of where I'm at. Yesterday when I got home I was like all right I got half of the S episode left to write up and it was pretty easy cuz I had everything. I just had to get it structured or whatever. I shit you not. I sat on the couch and I fucking passed out. And I woke up and the cats are like sitting on me like, you alive? <laughs> and I'm like, oh my gosh, I, like, I have to finish writing. Yeah. So we're here we are. Here we are. How do you feel about... <laughs> I hope you're ready for this. It's going to be a doozy, I have a feeling. And I yeah. actually just before you got on in the studio, I pulled up images of syphilis. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I don't recommend doing that. Yeah, no. Listeners. If you if you are not uh, as concerned when you're out doing the hanky panky, uh, I think this episode will probably uh, make you think twice to wrap it before you tap it. Cause... <laughs> Thank God for um, <laughs> antibiotics. Because yeah. yep. Ugh. Oh yeah. yeah. Well, and I'm gonna get into. Uh, I'm gonna tell you also at the end of the. The show also, but syphilis has actually been on the rise in the last few years. Interesting. And we have to be really careful because this is one of those diseases that mutates rapidly and Uh, we don't want to... Antibiotic resistance would be Uh, terrible uh if syphilis developed that or, you know. Yeah, because then we would be right back where we were in the 15th, 1600s. And we don't want to be there, as we're going to find out. Mm -mm. So, some context for this episode for listeners. Um, Hallie and I have been joking about doing this topic for quite some time. And if you haven't figured it out yet, we are talking about syphilis today. S is for syphilis. Yes, that's right. Um, Because I had shared a bit of knowledge that I had heard uh, from a history professor back in the day about where it comes from. And we've been laughing about it and joking about it. And we finally, we, we have wanted to do this so much that we actually changed what the S episode was going to be about. And we will definitely be doing that. Yeah, we will definitely circle back. So, but we, we changed it because we figured this had to happen today. Um, If you don't know a lot about syphilis, you're about to and <laughs> you're about to know more than you would ever want to know about yes. syphilis so i hope you're not eating uh and honestly i hope you're not drinking anything with chunks in it also i oh, i gross. hope yeah i hope you're having like a coffee or a water or something that's thinner because we're going to get into some really gross stuff today and I know that, as always, listener discretion is advised with this uh, episode in particular. If if you are one that allows your little ones to listen to us, 
Um, I would say maybe have them skip this one. Unless you want to do a lot of explaining later. Also, don't uh, have your little ones listen to us. Um, mm-hmm. And I don't recommend drinking boba because shooting boba oh. out of your nose is not a good look. Yeah, uh, it is not. Um, I've been there before, not with boba, but with rice. <laughs> not fun. Not fun. Uh, ooh. That sounds like a story yeah. for later. Oh, it is. It is. Um, never, never laugh with food in your mouth, especially when, uh, you have had some nasal procedures done to correct your septum. Um, there's more room in there. And, um, (laughs) if you don't have your tonsils also, it's easier to get things in the nose when you laugh. And, um, stir fry is not off the table for that. So, um, yeah. That that was a time there was rice in there for a little bit. Had to dig, you know. <laughs> Syphilis. Yes. It's been around for some time now. Um, the big question is, and we're going to talk a lot about him today. Can we blame Columbus for the existence of this nasty thing? We're going to talk about that, and we're going to discuss the origin, the historical treatments, and people who had the great pox in this hilarious Love, Lust, and Lesions edition of Macabre. (laughs) I hope you are ready for this shit, because it is about to go down. We're going to start with what is it, and what does it do, because that is going to be something that needs to be in the back of your head this entire episode so you are aware of just how nasty this is. According to the CDC website, syphilis is a sexually transmitted infection, an STI, that can cause serious health problems without treatment. Infections develop in stages. There's primary, secondary, latent, and tertiary. Oh, it's going to be a morning. All right, context, I'm from the Midwest. I also can't talk in normal conversations. So be aware, my uh, pronunciation is a little off. Um, but it's <laughs> tertiary. Is, it, is tertiary? Is that tertiary, what Tertiary, thank tertiary. you. I'm like, tur, tur, tur. If you get that far, it's probably <laughs> no going back. Oh, there, there is no going back at that stage. Yeah. Oh, I had like a Swedish chef there moment there for a second. Tur, 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 tur. <laughs> and of, of course, with any... Uh, stages in medical or any topic with stages that there's different signs and different symptoms for each thing uh you can get it by direct contact with a syphilis sore during vaginal anal or oral sex syphilis can spread from a mother with syphilis to her unborn baby as well uh you cannot get it from casual contact with the following toilet seats, doorknobs, swimming pools, hot tubs, bathtubs, sharing clothing, or eating utensils. Please note that the CDC emphasizes casual contact. Now, if you have more intimate ideas about your eating utensils, think again. It should be noted that syphilis is not a disease of the past that still exists today. So, how can you protect yourself from the great pox? Well, the only way to 100% avoid this nasty, nasty thing is to not do the humpity, humpity, boom, boom. I'm sure that is not. That's <laughs> <laughs> just common sense. But if you are doing the deed, the best way to avoid it is to have one partner and to test for the disease regularly. And beyond that, the best way is also, if you are engaging in, you know, different things, also be using that rubber banana sheath because taking the advice of have fun and be safe is the most crucial advice if you're going on that intimate level. Because also, if you're seeing some uh, interesting things going on down there, yeah, there's You signs. should question. Yeah, yeah. exactly. It's exactly. not like it's invisible. Mm-mm. I mean, well, actually, I could be wrong about that because there are... we'll probably get to that. Okay. Yes. Th- and it's kind of weird because syphilis can look like it has dissipated and you're healthy also. 
Yeah. So that is something to keep in mind. It can when be untraceable in, in some ways. <laughs> yeah. When in doubt, just, uh, I was trying to think of something that rhymed, but it's too <laughs> early for that. <laughs> yeah. I know. I'm like, uh, I can't think of a, a good, uh, like a sarcastic <laughs> comeback for that. It, it should be noted uh, also that condoms prevent the spread of syphilis by preventing contact with the sore. But if uh, that sore is in other places, you need yeah. to be careful. Don't come in contact with any open sores in any part of your body with someone else's body. You don't know what it's going to do. You don't know what it actually is, even you if it's not syphilis. An open sore of any kind. Yeah, just, just question do, that. Yeah, don't don't touch it. Uh, going back to episode one with A is for arsenic, don't lick it. Just don't lick it. Um, sometimes sores occur in areas not covered by the weenie bag. So just keep it in, you know, be just be looking, be cautious. Uh, contacts with this the sores, as we said, are like the immediate transmit of syphilis. So, I mean, don't do it. All right. So let's talk about the stages. Uh, not only... Are are we aware of what happens and how it occurs? But also to get a better understanding of how historically people were affected, uh, treated, which we will absolutely get into later. And again, all of this information can be found on the CDC if you are fair, like really paranoid at this point now. Um, definitely check out the CDC website because it will give you all of the information that you need. Uh, this this is the the boring part of the episode, I'll say, because we need to know what each stage looks like so we can get a better understanding of how much it affected his, history in general. Primary stage. During this first stage of syphilis, you may notice a single sore or multiple sores, and the sore is located where syphilis entered your body. Keep that in mind also. Oh. Mm. Gross. These uh-huh. That's why usually these sores uh, occur in, on, or around the peen, uh, the hoo-ha, uh, the uh, anus, or, you know, the, the rectum, you know, throwing out these these lingos, you know, the slaves. The bootay. The bootay. Yeah, the bootay hole. Uh, also around lips, the mouth area, keep that in mind, sometimes ears. I'll let you. Uh, I'll, <laughs> I'll let you uh, take that thoughts where you're gonna take it. Anyway, uh, sores are usually, but not always, huh, firm, round, and painless at first. Because the sore is painless, you may not notice it right away. The sore usually lasts three to six weeks and heals regardless of whether you have received treatment or not in this stage. Even after the sore goes away, you must still receive treatment. This will stop your infection from moving to the secondary stage because even if you get to the point where things are going away, it really uh, isn't going away. Uh, secondary stage is the second stage, obviously. Uh, you may have, at this point, skin rashes and or sores in or around your mouth, vagina, or anus. Uh, this stage usually starts with a rash on one or more areas of the body that does spread, um, and it shows up when you have your primary sores and they are beginning to heal, or several weeks after those sores have healed. So the rash can be on the palms of your hands at that point, and or uh, the bottoms of your feet, and they look like rough red, reddish-brown millet sores. Um, which is, yeah, going to be pretty uncomfortable and nasty. Uh, this rash usually won't itch. It will hurt, though. And it is sometimes so faint that you won't notice it in the first stages of this. Other symptoms may include fever, swollen lymph glands, sore throat, patchy hair loss, headaches, weight loss, muscle aches, and fatigue, feeling super tired all the time with no apparent cause. Uh, the symptoms from this stage will go away whether you receive treatment again and or not. Uh, without the right treatment, your infection will move to the latent stage and possibly the tertiary stage of syphilis at this point. 
So what is the Latin stage? This is the period when there are no visible signs of the symptom. Without treatment, you can continue to have syphilis in your body and give it to others. Uh Uh-huh. And this is like the stage where you're like, oh, yeah, I'm great. But make sure you're getting treated because that's when things go to the tertiary stage. And there's no turning back, my friends, from that. So most people with untreated syphilis do not develop tertiary syphilis, which is good for us at this point. But remember, this still does exist. And there is the likelihood of it mutating because it is one of those viruses that thrive in the human body. We will get to where that bacterium comes from later. However, when it comes to, like, when does this happen for the tertiary stage, it can affect many different organs in your system. These include the heart and blood vessels and the brain and your nervous system, believe it or not. And tertiary syphilis is very serious and would occur 10 to 30 years after your initial infection. Wow. Yeah, this lasts with you. Uh, this is a lifetime of woof. Um, in the tertiary syphilis stage, the disease damages you internally to no repair. And this doesn't stop with your organs. It does get into your bones. Uh, and it can result in death. So, without treatment... Syphilis can spread to the brain and nervous system, the eyes and ears, and the nose. Oh, don't forget the nose. We'll come back to that also. Uh, Healthcare provides tests for syphilis by doing blood work. So that's how you can get tested. Yes, syphilis is, at this point, still curable in most stages. You can get syphilis multiple times. So if you have it once to get treated, that is not the end-all be-all. You need to be on the lookout. And no, it was not always curable. And that's why we're doing this episode. <sighs> Woof, now that we got that shit out of the way, let's talk about where this shit came from. I need to have a sip of my coffee for this one. All right, here we fucking go. In 1492, Columbus sailed the ocean blue. And he's responsible for syphilis, too? Scientists and historians have studied this disease for many years, and this is a debate that has been going for so long. And they have come to the conclusion that this mostly didn't exist until about 500 years ago. And I say mostly because there are newer studies coming out that are showing that syphilis did exist in Europe prior to the return of Columbus and the gang. But it hasn't been easy to trace prior to Columbus's return because there are strains that weren't deadly in their in the newer the beginning stages, I should say, back in the day. And given the lifespan of people in that era, they were gone before signs of this disease would really show its rearing, ugly, nasty head. Um, but it was showing in their bones internally when they're digging them up now. Um, and of course, they weren't necessarily dying of syphilis. They were dying of the Black Plague or other diseases. In fact, we have evidence now that syphilis was fucking rampant in Pompeii. Yes, that Pompeii. The ancient Surprise. city in Italy. Surprise. Oh, yeah. There's a lot of love and lust going on in there. Uh, and we know that uh, Pompeii perished due to the volcanic eruption of Mount Vesuvius in seven, uh, 79 CE. So, um, But they're just discovering now that there was a lot of syphilis there. So here we are. It existed in Europe prior to the late 1490s. But it was really basically undetectable. This wasn't something that was very prominent. But here is where the tables turn. Christopher Columbus and his crew. We know that they brought diseases from Europe to the New World. And we know that that these these diseases proved to be very fatal to the people in the New World that they encountered. There's a high percentage of people that didn't survive just based on their exposure with them. Syphilis did exist in the New World, but what happened with this unsavory situation is that this disease mutated because of Columbus's group when they returned to Europe, which proved to be super deadly and so much more nasty. So yes, I think we can still blame Columbus in some degrading degree for how we know it today. Let's go into his track record. So question... 
did yeah. it mutate because of kind of the mixing of the gene pool, like different gene pool? Is that what? And then. Yeah. So it was, I mean, syphilis existed on both sides of the pond, but there it was almost like a different strain over over in the new world and then when they came into contact with each other they weren't necessarily seeing it right away and then when they brought it back and started you know kind of doing the nasty yeah exactly kind of like what we see today with different diseases and why you know if you're going to be traveling internationally you get your shots and stuff like that because there is different forms and variants of different things and illnesses mutate and but they didn't know that at the time and they didn't know what the hell it was. <laughs> yeah. So in reality, we can, in my opinion, we can still blame Columbus for this shit because it, it started actually killing people and becoming a serious problem after his return. Listeners know about Christopher Columbus, but we, I guess, have to give him a bit of background he was born in Genoa, Italy in 1451. He grew up to become an explorer. Definitely didn't discover America, in case you were wondering. Uh, and he completed four voyages across the Atlantic in his career. And he died in 1506. But let's talk about the probably most major impact he made on the world. How, you might ask. Well, we know that it's a transmitted disease through sexual activity. But this didn't just stem from the people they were doing it with, which I'm going to add was not necessarily consensual because there was a lot of uh, horrible things that him and his crew did. But we're going to talk about the bacteria, where this comes from. The trypan... Oh, gosh. The trypanema. <laughs> the T. pallidum is what it's mostly known as. So we're going to call it that. The T. pallidum bacteria is what is responsible for syphilis. And it is not just found anywhere. Oh no, 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 no. This bacteria comes from cattle, goats, sheep, and llamas. But so in the livestock only. Oh, oh yes. And once it gets into the human body, that bacteria thrives. It can't actually live a full life in animals, but once in the human body, it lives a full life and it can mutate like crazy. So why don't we put two and two together? That's right. Columbus was a llama fucker and his crew. While it's a little satisfying to say out loud, it's not to say that it necessarily was the main reason on how this all went down and some people around the world were doing the no pants dance. Knocking boots and hooves, if you will. It seems no one was concerned with where they were sticking it. They couldn't, like, get this from eating the animals, right? Correct. Or handling the animals, like, butchering the animals. Is that a possibility? I'm just trying to think of, like, other ways, potentially. Unless they're, they're uh, exposed, if they're, like, doing this naked, probably not. Like, what if they had, like, a cut and then they touched the animal meat? potentially yes <laughs> i mean it could be that way but mm, Probably most likely not. yeah no. exactly and i'm not going to give them that benefit of a doubt because hmm, uh yeah <laughs> so now that we know that obviously uh we still hear about cases of this today but uh people do be doing the thing with animals sometimes i shake my head uh, they brought their shame back with them to the homeland where they would continue to smash with all of Europe's society, right? Because people just do that. They smash all over the place. Uh, <laughs> well, they came back celebrities too, right? Yeah. So they were exactly. probably doing a lot of smashing. Oh, definitely. Definitely. And this may come as no surprise to you hearing that. Uh, the this disease became super prominent in the ports because people were traveling. They would come into these ports where there would be brothels and, you know, uh, a lot of pent-up horny uh, seafarers looking to live it up because it had probably been a while. Or even if it wasn't, they just said it, even though maybe they were fucking the livestock on the boat. You don't know. 
and the spread of this disease from port to port, it then went deeper into those countries. And due to the amount of bumping uglies, it didn't take long for this to spread all over Europe. And this was one of the most significant events to help it along. This was the War of Naples in 1495 among the French soldiers. And we know that, you know, going to war, you're, there's going to be illness and diseases, especially you're, like, like we were talking earlier, it doesn't necessarily just mean from across the pond to be exposed to a brand new people. It can be from country to country because they're being exposed to different things. Now, everybody wanted to point the finger at other countries for this disease. So it has a lot of names. It's been called the French disease, the Italian disease, the, oh yeah, uh, they're the all Christian blaming disease. it on each other. Right. That's like the derogatory thing that they do. Oh, yeah, absolutely. They totally did not want to take any responsibility for themselves. It was somebody else's problem, someone else to blame and point fingers at. Uh, we, as uh, people, have not really gotten over that, per se, throughout time. We're still pointing fingers. <laughs> um, but I, I'll refer to it as the great pox because I'm not going to point at any different or certain country or culture for it, but everybody was literally blaming everyone else around the world for it. Um, but we know it today as syphilis, obviously. It has been known as the blasphemer's disease. This is not a shock to probably anyone. It was seen as a punishment from God for doing wrongdoings. Sometimes this even led to punishments back in the day for having this disease because it was seen as something that was so evil and you were doing such evil things. The punishment for this in certain cases was actually castration. Oh, I'm pretty sure having syphilis is punishment enough in itself. Uh-huh. It totally is. And can you imagine having it and then being castrated if you've got like open sores? And... <sighs> now that we have a better understanding of what this is, where it comes from, who to blame? Let's talk about the unbelievable treatments that have been administered and endured to get rid of this disgustingness. Ugh, Let's. This is uh, where it's going to get real trigger warning-ish. Uh, yes. Uh, if you have a weak stomach, uh, you might want to just not listen to the rest of the episode. There's like no skipping ahead at this point because we're going to talk about symptoms, treatments. Oh, I guess you could. We're going to talk about some famous people who have had it too. So... Skip ahead a little bit. You'll be able to get that long fucking list of people because uh, there's a lot of people who had it. Uh, let's talk about symptoms. There's pestilent sores that would eat down to the bone, leaving pockmarks in the bones themselves. And these sores were usually around the mouth, nose, or southern regions, as we've discussed. Rashes, hair loss, muscle aches, fever, sore throat, coughing, swollen lymph nodes, it can cause insanity. It can manifest as dementia, meningitis, or even a stroke. It can damage your heart, eyes, and all of your organs. It can affect your nervous system, your blood vessels. It can cause hearing loss, blindness, loss of teeth. Uh, this can be passed, like we said, from mother to child. Bumps or tumors can occur called gumas. They can develop on the skin, organs, or your bones. This can cause sexual dysfunctionality in men. Hmm. You don't fucking say. Yeah. I'm and, like, and, um, <laughs> how can... Yeah. And at that point, I mean... You shouldn't be sticking it in anything at that no. point anyways. And at what point would anybody be like, check out that guy over there. He's looking pretty <laughs> great. And it's just... Oh. I, I highly recommend if you have never seen... Just, just look, type in like syphilis. Uh, and look at it and look at old depictions of it. Yeah. Or just go to Google oh. images like I did. And... Yeah. Mm -mm. And there are actually certain portraits done in, uh, it would be like the 1600s in the, in kind of like the Renaissance era a little bit. There are portraits of merchants and higher figures that look like they have some sort of like disformity in the face that was syphilis and they just didn't really know what it was at the time so there i mean you can google uh syphilis and artwork or whatever and you will find some of these paintings um very interesting 
very gross. <laughs> All right. Let's not forget, in, in a very severe stage of this, back in the day, that flesh would fall away from the bone, particularly on the face. And most commonly in these cases, it was around the ears, mouth, and nose. And in some cases, lips and noses completely falling off. Ugh. And this is why fake noses were invented. Did we, did you include, remember what we talked about before about the, like the, the rich people and how I did. they would, you did include that? Okay, I don't yep. want to spoil it then. Yay. No, I kind of, I included <laughs> that in the treatments. Okay, okay. Section, uh, just as like an overall thing. So actually, yeah, why don't we talk about that? Because let's move into treatments through the ages. Um, we'll jump around in time frames here. But yes, back in the Victorian era. Uh, Hallie and I have discussed this before. There were rich people who had syphilis that would, for example, uh, go in and get like dental work done. And they were exposing other people to syphilis because they were taking things from people who couldn't afford anything like teeth. So, okay. And it was vice versa. So, you had lower class people that wanted to make money would give up their teeth who had syphilis and then they would give it to these the rich people to the rich people because they wanted a full set of teeth. So kind of like kind of karma in a way, you know, um, but also vice versa. I mean, you had I mean, well, I mean, look at the brothels that that was like the most common way, obviously, to be spreading it. But you had rich people going to brothels also where things were rampant. So, but can you imagine living in a society where to make a buck, you're selling your teeth to rich people so they can have look... a full set of teeth? Yeah. Yeah. I, uh, I shake my head. It doesn't I, surprise I, me, though. I mean. No. Yeah. Nope. No, thank you. There's there's one impact that society and the clashing of classes has in this role with syphilis, uh, which is uh, uh, a, a common, in quotes, cure for syphilis back in the day was ointments that were made from mercury, and they were used in or around the sores and sometimes even ingested, and this would cause, obviously, a lot more pain than that what they would have already been going through. And sometimes this treatment administered at a certain level would lead to death due to the mercury poisoning. And this mercury cure was around for quite some time, even after they know they knew that it wasn't doing anything. Uh, sweat baths were prescribed in some cases because it was believed that the poisons of the disease would, could be sweat out of the body. That's probably like the least... Uh, gruesome out of this whole yeah I mean uh, I, I like a good sauna so that wouldn't have been a bad <laughs> yeah. exactly Be like, okay, I did I'll... read somewhere too I was I was waiting to see if you were going to bring this one up but they would take um, they would like open up the urethra and pour the mercury in yes oh yeah can you imagine no mm -mm. oh no, thank you. We're going to talk more about the urethra. Oh, jeez. Uh, okay. Because that wasn't the only thing they were sticking in there. Oh, no. You know what else was really bad? Uh, they had holy wood that they would rub in the inflicted sores and areas sometimes. Can you imagine that? No. And this isn't the only place where wood will come into factor also. That we're going to cover <laughs> oh, no. that also. Yeah, oh, no. yeah. <laughs> Um, uh, what kind of treatment list would it be if we didn't have bloodletting in here? Because that was basically the ibuprofen cure of the time. Uh, bloodletting, you know, I, enough said about that. Um, obviously did not do anything. In some places where this was occurring, women who were believed to be spreading syphilis were carted out of their cities to stop the spread of the disease obviously never the men 
And these women would then be locked away for their entire lives, even if they couldn't necessarily prove that these women were spreading the disease. Because we know that men were usually the ones spreading the disease in this case. Yeah. yeah. I can't even imagine living in a time like that. So uh, jumping through time here, another gruesome event was in 1927, Austrian doctor Julius Wagner Jurig came up with a cure for syphilis. It has since become known as the killer cure. So how did this work? He gave malaria to his patients. What? Yes. Yeah. Malaria. And over... How, how does that make sense on any level? His reasoning is because the fever that would be induced from malaria would be so hot in the body from hot blood that it would burn out the infection. Okay. Yeah. So uh, on top of having syphilis, you're going to have malaria also. Um, It's no surprise. In fact, I thought it would be a higher percentage, but over 15% of his patients died of malaria. Yeah, I would have thought it would have been higher, too. Uh-huh. And this was not, uh, not obviously a good situation, but the worst part about all of this was he did not ask the patient's permission to do this. Oh, that was my question is, yep. it, were these people so desperate they were like, I will try anything, including malaria? No. Uh, and most of the patients that he did this to were paralytic. Oh, no. Who didn't even have oh. a voice to say anything. So, uh, absolutely disgusting. Um, another disgusting historical cringy is, and we don't have time to even cover all of this, and I really do think that this would be a great topic for Hometown Macabre, but if you haven't heard of the Tuskegee Syphilis Study, look it up. Um, I think we're going to be covering this later, but to give a brief summary, uh, back between the years of, and this is a long time, 1932 to 1972 in Tuskegee, Alabama, uh, the study called the Tuskegee study for untreated syphilis in African American men was a study conducted this entire time frame by the United States Public Health Service and the Center of D Disease Control and Prevention on a group of over 400 African American men and they were told that they were given these um immuno shots for a different disease completely they were unaware that they were actually being given syphilis and they were spreading it in their community and so many people perished absolutely disgusting and i really do think we should cover that for a hometown macabre um uh, there is yeah so much more to that that was just the brief summary of it i highly recommend you look into this listeners um just know we probably will cover that in the near future for hometown macabre. Whoa, that, those were rough situations. Um, let's kind of come back out of that serious tone and kind of go into some other ways that they treated it. Uh, syphilis is actually the reason why condoms are used and are widespread today. And condoms go back probably a little bit further than you would imagine. They've actually been around for a few centuries now. They were originally made from lamb skin, which still exists, or pig intestines, or even tree bark. Oh, that does not sound like a fun time. Uh, uh no. I do not <laughs> want a reenactment of the evil dead up in my anything. Uh, no thank you. <laughs> it should come as no surprise that condoms we have today are far more effective than the menagerie of horrors I just listed. But that's what condoms were back in the day. So it's, it comes as no surprise why maybe people really weren't using them back in the day. Because at that point, uh, no. I'd, I'd probably yeah. prefer to freeball it too, if it came to trees. <laughs> All right. Talk about 
pee holes like we were before. Let's talk about other things they would insert in the urethra to get rid of this disease. Hot rods. And oh, no. no, I am not talking about vehicles. I am talking about hot pieces of metal being inserted into that tense area. And I don't think I have to elaborate on that one. I'm going to let your imagination take over for that. It was believed that this would kill the disease in there. But not to mention, it would cause so much more medical say, what, issues. What, what were the other <laughs> um, side effects of that? Oh, I mean, can you imagine? Like, what if... Uh, what if uh, they did that, and then you heal up down there, and it completely closes it off? Well, so I'm thinking is like yeah. blistering, scar yeah. tissue. Exactly. You know, now, when you take a pee, you're peeing directly in your own <laughs> face. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. In some in some cases, people couldn't uh, go at all, which would then back up and cause septic. You know. Uh, yeah. Uh, a lot of hot irons were used on sores elsewhere also, but uh, I think that the pee hole is probably the worst. Um, Let's another... not forget about hemorrhoids from the Q episode. Yeah! Uh, <laughs> uh, 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 uh. Yeah, what is worse? What is worse? Um, <laughs> probably the pee hole. <laughs> yeah. Time for macabre, would you rather? Would you rather have? <laughs> oh, this sounds like a game we need to have yeah. made at some point in the future. Yes. Agreed. <laughs> Agreed. Okay. People out there, get on that. Get on it. Get on it. Get on it. Maybe maybe sometime in the future if if we make it bigger and we have some money, maybe we make our own game and <laughs> macabre, macabre would, you, would rather? you rather. Oh my <laughs> gosh. That sounds like a game I would love to play. Would you rather do it with a guy who admitted he fucked a llama or <laughs> The mortician. The mortician. Who has, who has the corpse STD. Oh, if you're not on Patreon, that, that was covered in a bonus episode we did recently. Yeah. Yep. Ooh. Ooh. Oh, this is happening. Mm-hmm. I'm going to start taking notes now. Heck yeah. Heck yeah. We can make our own makeshift to begin with. And yeah, then, definitely. I love this idea. Oh, we're coming for a circle. I know we talked about arsenic before, but uh, another uh, basically ibuprofen end all cure in the Victi- uh, Victorian hundred or Victorian hundreds. Oh, I can't talk. I'm so <laughs> grossed out right now. <laughs> the Victorian uh, hundreds. Well, Victorian hundreds. Yeah, in a way. You know, like the 1800s. 1800s. <laughs> Victorian hundreds. Oh, that Victorian era. They use arsenic for everything. And the. Uh, are you surprised that they tried to do this for syphilis? Because they fucking did. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm not surprised. Right? It was also believed during this time that sleeping with a virgin was believed to cure one of syphilis because it was a pure space. Pure. Oh, I knew it. Oh, <sighs> that poor virgin. Oh, oh my I gosh. Know. Can you... <sighs> Your first nope. sexual experience and you... And it's already syphilis? nasty. Yeah. Uh. Uh, uh, uh. let's end things on a happier note uh, let's jump out of this happier note. little uh mindset uh, um here's where things get happier when it comes to treatments that were actually effective <laughs> in 1905 fritz richard schauden a german zoologist believe it or not and Eric Hoffman, a dermatologist, discovered the cause of syphilis, and this would be, of course, that bacterium T. pallidum. Then, in 1928, Alexander Fleming, a London scientist, discovered penicillin. And finally, 15 years after that, in 1943, three doctors working at the U.S. Marine Hospital in Staten Island, New York, first treated and cured four patients with syphilis by administering penicillin. And to this day, penicillin remains the cure for syphilis. Until it develops a resistance to treatment. Yes, because in recent years, the amount of syphilis has been on the rise. And we know that the more prominent it is, that's when things really start mutating. So, be aware. That could be a thing. 
Don't contribute to that, people. Yeah, don't contribute. Wrap it before you tap it. Get tested before you test it, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so, let's talk about some famous historical people who had the great pox. Some of the shit really surprised me. And some of this, in a probably a very bad way, makes me a bad person, made me a little happy also. <laughs> Writers Oscar Wilde, James Joyce, Gustav Flaubert, Charles Baudelaire, and Frederick Nietzsche, and Karen Blixen all had syphilis. Gangster Al Capone had syphilis, and in the end of his life went mad from it. That's what I thought, so yeah. Yep. He was like hallucinating in his cell and Yeah. His All actually developed into neurosyphilis and just fucking, oh, yeah. Can you imagine mm -mm. a syphilitic, insane gangster? Oof. Yeah. Al Capone was something. He was, he'd be a great episode. He would too. Um, yeah, I think so. Yeah. <laughs> At one point, President Abraham Lincoln had syphilis. <laughs> um, Henry VIII. Oh, not going to say he deserved it, but eh, I'm also not surprised. Feel bad uh, for those wives, though. Uh-huh. Oh, okay. Uh, composers Mozart, Panganini, Beethoven, and Scott Joplin had syphilis. Well, dang, the uh -huh. musical guys have been getting around. Yeah, and maybe some of their genius came from... Nope, just kidding. That that probably is not the case. Uh, <laughs> not syphilitic insanity. That's probably not where it came from. But uh, maybe it uh, attributed to some of their eccentric personalities. Um, legendary pirate Blackbeard definitely had syphilis. Not surprised. He not may surprised. have also been a llama fucker. You never know. Uh, World-renowned asshat Adolf Hitler had syphilis. Um, French artist Paul Gauguin, uh, Ivan the Terrible. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, Russian physiologist Ivan Pavlov, uh, revolutionary Vladimir Lenin, dictator Idi Amin, allegedly also William Shakespeare. He did have an illness in the end of his life, and it wreaked havoc on him, as we've seen in historical documents. And syphilis has been mentioned many times in his in his works. And actually, that disease has been mentioned more than any other disease in all of his writings. Hmm. So there is a good chance he did have syphilis. <laughs> and uh, last but not least... If you have a syphilitic, noseless prostitute hired by a holy man that's trying to kill you, your name just might be Rasputin. I knew it! Yes! There was an assassination attempt on the Russian mystic Grigory Rasputin by a syphilitic, noseless prostitute that was, yes, hired by a Russian holy man. If you know anything about Rasputin, this information should not come as a shock because that man lived a fucking wildlife and which he we are covering yes right? we are yeah uh, in the future he next is definitely season. going to, yeah ours for rasputin next season friends he's getting covered because holy shite and my ending thoughts on this is i guess we you know sometimes we say karma karma's a bitch and it comes around but uh i guess we if we need to have proof and hope that karma does exist Let's just think about some of these dictators on this list that had syphilis. <laughs> dictators. Dictators. <laughs> dictators. <laughs> Syphilitic sores are kind of like dictators. You're not wrong. Oh my gosh, can you imagine? Slang term for like genital sores, dictators. Why, Simon, I believe you have a dictator. <laughs> are you sure, George? I don't know. I've been kind of trying to figure out what that was also. Yeah, no. Oh, don't mess around with dictators and don't mess around with dictators. <laughs> <laughs> oh, <sighs> let's take a breath and have some uh, closing thoughts on this topic. 
All right, let's talk about what we should learn from this episode. Wrap it before you tap it. And be thankful that cock socks are no longer made out of wood. And keep yourself healthy and get checked out if you have concerns about your health. Just a general rule, really. Not just for syphilis. Even if syphilis doesn't necessarily originate from Columbus and crew, they were definitely responsible for spreading it on a whole other level. Ever since I heard about that bacteria originating fact and it occurring in certain animals, Columbus Day will forever in my mind be known as Llama Fucker Day. Whether he specifically <laughs> fucked a llama or not, I don't necessarily think he was a good person. So perhaps the insult suits him and Columbus Day... We can know it as Indigenous People Day and Llama Fucker Day. To put a smile on your face, just remember that. It should be noted that syphilis is still around and is treatable. And in recent years, as we've said, it has been on the rise. And people all over the world are still dying from the disease, including in, you know, places like the U.S. and Europe. So be aware of that. This is your macabre PSA today. If you are doing the deed... Make sure you're safe about it. Have fun, of course, by all means. Make sure you're responsible with your health of not only for yourself, but for your partner. And this concludes our PSA and our Love, Lust, and Lesions episode for today. (laughs) And of course, we love you. We want you to have fun and be safe, but don't fuck a llama. Don't be fucking cattle. Don't be knocking boots with hooves. Spread love, <gasps> not syphilis. <laughs> yes. Spread love, not dictators. <laughs> Until next time. Until next time, friends. Uh, we want to thank Dave one more time from New Zealand for being our newest Patreon member. Thank you for being a freaky friend, you beautiful bastard. We love you. And we love all of you listeners. If you are interested <laughs> In Patreon, uh, we really get into some weird shit over there. Uh, it is it is a free-for-all over there. 